man. Shut the door, sit down, clean your ears, and stop listening to what your mama needs you to be doing right now. You're going to listen to the Boxing Podcast. Starting three, two, one, zero. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. And I'm going to tell you guys the truth. This is my fourth time re recording the intro, re recording the first part of the podcast. It is very difficult. But let's get through it. Um, today we are going to be discussing UFC 259. Really, that's about it. And then just a teeny bit of boxing at the end. Um, but let's get into it. Probably the most important news and the one that... Uh, yeah, prob- I'd say it's probably the most important news. is Israel Adesanya lost uh, his undefeated record yesterday against Jan Blahovic. And um, I don't think it was an impressive uh, performance by Jan Blachowicz. Um, and I don't think he won. And I don't think Israel Adesanya would have, uh, should have lost. But this loss, Adesanya losing, confirms in my eyes and maybe many of the um, UFC fans' eyes that the UFC is not rigged. I mean... And I say that because Israel Adesanya being the undefeated fighter, you would think that the UFC would be like paying the judges off and saying, hey, dude, give our boy the win. He's undefeated. We need him to stay undefeated in order to fight John Jones. And um, that didn't happen. That did not happen to my freaking surprise. It did not happen. Um, I thought I, th- I really thought they were going to give it to Israel, although I was a little iffy on who really won. I mean, I did think Israel won, but I thought that it could go to John just because he took him to the ground. But we'll get into that in a little bit. So, um, yep, that proves that UFC is not rigged. Even Dana White was a little upset um, in the post fight interviews. He was talking about how the 10, eight rounds did not make sense. And I 100 percent completely fucking agree but the 10-8 rounds did not make sense. I mean, yes, John, Jan Blahovich, I butchered that so much, um, did take Israel Adesanya down twice. But that's it. He took him down twice. In round four and round five. And it wasn't impressive. He didn't batter him on the ground like fucking cookie dough. He just fucking took him to the ground and kind of... Couple of punches in on the sides. I mean, even Israel got some punches in. And that's the thing I don't get about takedowns in the UFC. It's like, okay, cool. Like, you could put a man on his back, but it's not really damaging him, you know? I mean, the probably the, the, the one part that hurts the most is when you, you slam him. But that's it. If you can't do anything to him once you have your opponent on the ground... Bro, you can't get a 10-8 round just because you fucking put your body on top of a man for, like, more than half the round. Like, what kind of shit is that? That's that's what's going to make the UFC boring. That's the kind of shit that's going to, like, take, you know, make make the UFC look just boring. It really is. I mean, if, if, if people start getting, if fighters start getting in the mindset of, 
oh, if I take this fighter down for more than half the round, then I'll get the I'll get the full I'll get a 10-8 round. Like everyone's gonna start doing that. Everyone and their freaking moms are gonna start doing that. And I don't agree with that. I think Israel should have um I, sh- I think it should have been 10 nine rounds, probably. Um, but also I think the fourth round it was even even. I mean Israel did do a lot in the uh, the first half of the fourth round. And then when Jan was able to get Israel to the d- ground, um, that's kind of just everything kind of stalled. I mean, they're just on the ground pushing each other off, trying to get them back on top of each other, and no no action really on the ground. Um, and that's probably my least favorite part of the UFC is when you just when fighters just have each other on the ground. One of them's trying to strangle the other while the other one's just playing defense, and they're not really getting anywhere. Um, yeah, but... Um, Israel didn't seem really bothered by the loss. I mean, in the post-fight interview, he was just saying, you know, losses are part of life, that he's had many losses in his life, and that this is just the first one in the UFC. Um, So I love his attitude, and I love that he says he wants to go against the boxing model. And everyone knows how the boxing model works. goes when you lose your O or your undefeated record um and that's not pretty I mean no one really I mean to lose your to, to lose against somebody and then to lose so much value it's it just sucks it takes a it takes a, it takes a lot out of a fighter because it, it it makes them very depressed everyone's so depressed when they they're not an undefeated fighter anymore but man I've seen fighters who take losses and they come back and they're freaking legends and you know who I'm going to point to? Manny Pacquiao. He suffered like a ton of losses. Not a ton, but a couple. And he's he's a legend. So um, good mindset, Israel. <clears throat> um, and then, you know, a lot of... I'm, I'm sure a lot of people went to go see what John Jones posted, uh, tweeted. Everyone's probably on John Jones' Twitter during and after the fight. Um, surprisingly, John Jones didn't really slam Israel too hard, but, um, yeah, that fight's still happening. Like, there's no way John Jones versus Israel Adesanya isn't happening anymore. That's still going to happen. I don't know when, but, um, the only thing that, that I'm a little worried about that fight is, you know, Israel Adesanya isn't undefeated anymore. And it kind of takes away from the steam of the fight in my eyes. And I know we're trying to go against the boxing model, and I know eh, I don't even want to say that because it almost just seems like I'm going against what I believe in, and I am. But it's just like it's cool when a fighter's undefeated, and then they're going against you have the man going against the man, and it's like you have so much to lose, and your undefeated record is one of those. Um, but I mean, if you look at John Jones. The only loss that John Jones has is that disqualification for using downward elbows against I forget who, but um, so yeah, they're both kind of undefeated in a sense, and so now we won't have that. But um, still, the animosity be- between these two fighters and the storyline between these two fighters is still very much there. Um, John Jones being the more decorated veteran, and Israel Adesanya being the younger, up and coming legend, I would say. So that fight's still going to happen. And what happens, people are going to be watching and it's going to make a lot of money. <clears throat> um, so the next thing 
is the Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Anderson. That fight was probably my favorite out of all of these fights. And I'm going to say from the get-go, Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier, you guys need to calm the fuck down and give fighters a damn chance. And it's crazy that I'm saying that against Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier because I freaking love them. But holy cow, were they being super hard on my boy, um, Eljamain Anderson, Funkmaster. I'm just going to call him Funkmaster because I love that name. Um, He was doing so good. At the beginning of the fight, he was coming in quick. And Daniel Cormier didn't like that, that he was coming in quick because he just seemed so fast-paced and that he was losing his balance. And yeah, he was losing his balance towards the end of the fight, but that's because he was fatigued. But at the beginning, in the first two rounds, when uh, Funkmaster was putting it on uh, Piotr, he was putting putting it on him. He was quick. He was fast. I mean, to fight at such a fast pace and to be so crafty, leg kicks... Um, and you're striking uh, with your fists, and then oh, it just looked beautiful, man. Honestly, it looked to me what Aljamain Anderson looks like in that ring is like a fast Conor McGregor coming forward and just boom, shot after shot, boom, shot after shot. And you don't see that kind of fast pace in the UFC, man, because it's scary. When you fight that fast pace, uh, a lot of the time, Especially coming forward, you you can get caught by anything. I mean, um, but he he was doing great. Uh, I loved his performance, and I think he he did a lot in the first two rounds um, to say that for him to be proud. I mean, he was very upset about the way he won, um, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, I think Aljamain, you got to give yourself some credit, man. You did great. Um, Although the end of the you know you were fading a little bit towards the end of the fight. But still, we judge a fight based on all five rounds, not just the first two, not just the last two, and not just one. I mean, you got to look at all the rounds in the fight. And Aljamain, I'd say um, if you if the fight did end up going to the scorecards, I think for sure you had a chance at winning. Um, Piotr just had strikes that when they land, they just look like they do more damage. And that's probably because they, they did do more damage. He hits He hits a lot harder. But still, you can't discredit what the Funk Master was doing. Um, and here's the crazy part, yo. <laughs> I had my fuck. I had my money in Piotr. I and I talk about DraftKings, DraftKings, because I'm trying to get a fucking sponsorship here. But I went on DraftKings and I put some money on Piotr. <laughs> I'm not gonna say how much money, but it wasn't a lot, honestly. I lost seventy bucks. That was it. But I never, I never bet, and um, I finally had the balls to. And I did a little bit of research, and I looked at Piotr, mean-looking guy. Like, you guys know, Piotr looks mean, Russian dude. I thought, you know, <laughs> I'm going to put my money on the Russians because Russians seem to be taking over the UFC as of nowadays. Um, so I bet some money, and holy cow, to be watching the fight, you know, at the beginning, Al Jermaine winning, and then me getting a little worried, and then to see Piotr start putting it on him. And, you know, you start to see, like, oh, okay, this is starting to go the other fighter's way. And so I'm, like, happy because Piotr's winning. And then the freaking the knee, the knee that gets him disqualified. I mean, I didn't know that was going to get him disqualified, if I'm being honest. 
But when they said he got disqualified, I was like, yo, dude, so do I lose my money? Do I lose my money when it comes to freaking betting? Does does disqualifications count? And, you know, I went went on the little app and I lost my fucking money. So, um, yeah, you lose your money if your fighter gets disqualified and he loses. Yes, that is very much a thing for anyone out there trying to bet. I'm going to stick to blackjack from here. Um, And so, yeah crazy uh you know and everyone already knows the situation Piotr had funk master on the ground he was holding his head down Piotr looks over to his corner and says do i hit him um and his corner responds to him in russian of only the the only pe- and the only person that really understood what was going on at the time was Khabib Nurmagomedov who overheard the corner and they said yes hit him and then that's when uh, Piotr delivered a, a knee, which was illegal. Uh, I think it's illegal when they have, when you have your fighter on the ground, like both knees, like when they're not on their um, legs standing, and then you knee them. I think that's illegal. That's what makes it illegal, because obviously when you're standing, you can definitely knee them. So, yeah, and it was weird when. When uh, when Piotr landed that and Aljamain Anderson falls back and he starts reacting to how the uh, to the pain of Piotr's knee, illegal knee, um, it's hard because a lot of the time when you're a fighter and you're losing and you finally and you and you run into a situation where you can get out of the fight because your opponent did something illegal to you you might want some people might want to take seize the moment and just go full bananas acting as if the uh, strike that landed on them um, hurt really bad and I'm not saying Funkmaster overreacted but it's just hard to say these kind of things because I care about the health of a fighter but sometimes I do think that, like, I feel like he did sort of overdo it or overreact with how much it hurt. I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to say because you know you you care about the the health of a fighter and you don't want them conti- to continue if they really did get injured. So, but in my eyes, if I'm not being judged and if you're asking me truthfully in a locker room locker boy talk, a uh, locker room talk. Um, I would say that Funkmaster did look like he overreacted and maybe, maybe just so that he could win the uh, UFC championship. So, um, yeah, that's those are my thoughts on it. But, um, you know, Piotr was pretty cool about it. He understood. He even went to Twitter and he apologized by saying, I apologize and wish a speedy recovery to Funkmaster MMA. I didn't mean to throw an illegal strike. I just made a big mistake and paid for it. Um, and But he also tweet, uh, retweeted John Jones' tweet of encouragement. Uh, you know, at first, uh, John Jones tweeted, Aljamain came in great shape. He fought forward every second of that fight. Not his fault. He got illegally need. Congratulations, champion. You did it. And then... Um, Piotr retweeted that shit and saying Anthony Smith should have taken your title, taking shots at John Jones. Um, I don't know. 
It almost feels like Piotr just tweeted that for the sake of PR, not to look bad, and because he's over here talking shit about John Jones. But no, I agree. I think Al Jermaine should be proud. I think that you know, um, yeah. I mean, you don't want to win the belt like that, but he still did really good in the first two rounds. So I give it to him. I think it's fine that he's champion. And, you know, you move on. They're going to run it back, obviously. So, Aljamain, just get ready. Because, I mean, you were fading towards the end of that fight. So, good shit. Good shit, guys. Um, the next fight, which I'm not going to take too much time on because, I don't know, dude. Amanda Nunes, she just steamrolled through Megan Anderson. And it's, to me... Uh, it's just not really it's not really worth watching Amanda Nunes fight anymore just because she's either too good for her competition or the competition isn't good enough. Um, she just absolutely destroyed this girl, man. And this girl was like a foot taller, what it's what it looked like. Um, you know, and it, it's crazy because as soon as these female fighters feel Amanda Nunes's punching power, they freak out, man. Like the first punch that lands, they 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 wobble, and then after that, they just go on total defense mode. Um, they run from Amanda Nunes and they lose their concentration in doing that, and that's when Amanda Nunes just charges forward because it's so obvious to see when your opponent is just backing up and they're in defense mode and they're they're flighting, they're running, they're trying to get away from all of your strikes. Um, and that's when Amanda Nunes turns up the pressure. And that's when she's scary. And that's when she'll knock you out. Um, so, yeah. I mean, not to say that Amanda Nunes isn't an exciting fighter to watch. But it's just her competition looks like crap against her. And um, I don't know. The only other fight I really kind of enjoyed. And I thought, you know, the opponent had a chance at defeating Amanda Nunes. Was when she went against Chris Cyborg. Um but, I mean, even in that fight, Amanda Nunes looked like a fucking devil. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's different. And, you know, as a casual fan um, of the UFC, as a casual fan of the UFC, uh, sometimes I forget that Nunes does have some defeat, has defeats on her record. Uh, she actually went against, let's see. Oh, my God. I don't even have this pulled up. But. She does have defeats on her record. She has, I mean, just some losses on her record, and so she, some, she's definitely beatable. She's human. She's, uh, she's experienced the loss before, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, any of the up and coming uh, female UFC fighters can, you know, meet with Amanda Nunes and put a defeat on her record. But I don't think so. Um. And next, what we got coming up this weekend is Juan 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 Francisco Estrada versus Roman Gonzalez Chocolatito, um, and yeah, um, so this is a crazy fight this weekend because if you're looking back at the history between these two fighters and the common opponents they have faced. It's insane because in 2012, Gonzalez has already beaten Estrada by unanimous decision, right? But then fast forward to 2017, Gonzalez loses 
to Rungansvai twice in 2017. The first loss, a majority decision. The second loss, a fourth round KO. And then Rungvasafsai fights Estrada twice. And shit, I didn't write down the dates. But Rungsongsvai then fights Estrada. And in the first fight, Rungsongsvai won by majority decision. And in the second fight, um, Estrada beats Rungsongsvai um, by unanimous decision. And so now, almost 10 years later, 2021, Estrada now has a belt and he's fighting Gonzalez again. And that's freaking crazy. That's okay. It's nine years, but I like to say almost 10 years because that really emphasizes how long it's been. Um, that must be so weird because 10 years ago is just such a, it's such a different time when it comes to a fighter's skill abilities and everything. I mean, it just so much can change. And so, um, the Roman Gonzalez that Juan Francisco Estrada fought back in 2012 is not the same anymore. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch. And then, I don't know. I just feel like I was watching Roman Gonzalez's last fight against um, Israel Gonzalez. I mean, I'm not a big time Chocolatito fan, but it's just to me, it's crazy to see a guy that's regarded as one of the best to ever do it. Take so many punches in a fight against a fighter who is relatively unknown. I mean, I, I don't know who Israel Gonzalez is. And he just kind of stands there and he takes punches. I mean, he his defense is weak. He, he just puts his hands up. But people are always able to... His opponents have always seemed to be able to break through his guard. Um, even, even with the hands right in front of him, people are just punching right through his guard, getting him to the side, getting him with uppercuts. Um... And I don't know. I just I guess I don't like seeing the punishment that Roman Gonzalez takes. And uh and if he's gonna face Estrada like that, I I just I don't know. I guess we'll just see, man. Uh we we know that Roman has been sort of on a decline. He's not what he once was. So that's that I guess that's just what really makes it interesting. And for Estrada to be the guy that KO'd Chocolatito, and now that they're in a fight, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That is this Saturday on the Zone. Shout outs to the Zone. Um, but yeah, guys, that's all we have for episode three. And I'd like to do one shout out. Um, and we're doing a shout out to Paul Rose from Novi, Michigan, United States. Um, this is actually my boy. He's dating my cousin Talia Sanchez. So shout out to both of you guys. Uh, yeah, guys, look forward to episode number four next week. God damn, I don't even know. Yeah, episode four or three. God damn it. It's episode three coming soon, guys. So um, I will be putting this podcast out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts um, soon. I will be submitting what we have recorded so far. And we will get ourselves on that platform so that you can listen to us while you guys work out, while you guys cook some dinner, while you guys are falling asleep, while you guys are doing whatever. Uh, so, yeah, 
Thank you guys so much for the support. And uh, see you guys next week. Signing out.